Did you know Russell Crowe was making a movie based on Noah's Ark? <laughs> no. I saw the trailer for this last night. Uh, oh, it's at a trailer stage. Yeah, it's coming out so this year. So it exists. Year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Emma Watson from Harry Potter's in it, which is how I found it because yeah. I was reading. I can't remember why I was reading. Oh, I was reading her tweet stream because I was having a conversation with some people on Twitter about who should be in Marvel movies and that sort of thing. And our friend Carl from Western Australia, who yeah. talks to us on Twitter quite a bit, was talking about how he wants Emily Blunt to be in something. Mm-hmm. And I love Emily Blunt and I suggested that she should be She-Hulk. She that would be a She-Hulk cool. movie. And I think she'd be good because she's a little bit sort of quiet and unassuming and well-mannered. Oh, and I was thinking of James Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do need to talk about James Blunt and his awesome... Who doesn't? Twitterness. Have you seen this? Where he just slams people Where on people, Twitter. yeah, have a crack at James Blunt on Twitter and then James Blunt's just... Yeah, I'm actually fucking James Blunt. Who gives yeah, a shit? takes the piss. I, yeah. I dug that. So, well, that's pretty much all that we needs did it. to be good, said. Good yeah, job, cool. us. Should we roll back to the first thing? I think Emily Blunt should be She-Hulk. Yeah, she's there needs to be a She-Hulk lovely film. and unassuming and then bang, she's a giant green monster. Yeah. Somebody else sort of jumped into this thread and said, I can't wait for Emma Watson's inevitable Marvel or comic book debut. Oh, yeah. And he'd tagged Emma Watson's Twitter account in it. And I didn't realise that she had a Twitter account. So I went and had a look at some of the stuff she'd been tweeting and that sort of thing. And she's tweeted the trailer for it. Okay. And Russell Crowe is Noah. Really? Yeah. I thought he must have got such a buzz out of being an old man on a big ship in Man of Steel. (laughs) That he's just gone, what other roles can I get like this? Yeah. And they're making a movie of it, which is... And I'd like to see more of this because as I... I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but you know... I'm certainly very interested in religion and religious stories, even though I'm not a religious person. I think there's yeah. some amazing stories to be had in the Bible and the History Channel show that they did on Bible stories was, was quite cool. The Bible's like one of the first like super geek fandoms. People yeah. geeked out about the Bible so hard that yeah. like all of society changed. Exactly. So I'm kind of cool with it. The Noah thing, you know, it's a bit of a foregone conclusion. The earth floods. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone dies. Spoilers, but I think that from what I've seen of the trailer, it actually looks kind of cool. They look what's like the, what's the shape of the story? Is it just Russell Crowe and two giraffes the whole time? No, no, no. He's got a family. Yeah, which is the same as in in the Bible. See, I yeah, yeah. You, you, your education's lacking, and you I've went to w- Sunday school, and I didn't. I know. And I know more about this than you do. All I read is left wing blogs about gay marriage. I've never read the Bible. If your mum's listening to this, does your mum listen to this show? Uh, she will at some point, I yeah, think. she's going to be pretty upset by this episode. She will be. I did some incredible Santas that had, uh, like, cotton ball beards. beards. Yeah. Well, uh, that's good. At least you got your craft on. Exactly. Yeah. Because God loves us. So what it looks like is, and I like this because it ties back to the sketch that Bill Cosby does about Noah, <laughs> is imagine you're in a situation where you've got to build an ark yeah. because God has spoken to you. Like, put yourself in that position in modern day. Mm. It's hysterical. <laughs> you're building this giant boat that you're going to put all the animals on. How yeah. does the community react to that? And so there's this sort of scene in the trailer where the village or whatever come up and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like... <laughs> I'm building an ark because God's going to flood the earth because you're all a bunch of assholes. But I've been chosen to save the animals. Yeah. Like imagine saying that to sort of a society of people uh, and just expecting them to get over that. I think people would be super mad. So there's this confrontation where they're going to storm the ark and I get the impression from the trailer that maybe he takes more people on the ark yep. than, than just his family. 
So yeah, it looks it looks kind of cool. There's a lot of CGI and a lot of water. The the scenes where it starts to flood looks pretty cool. I'm intrigued. Uh, but yeah, old Rusty Crow. He loves it. Jarrell, Noah, whatever. I can't think of anything except Russell Crowe at the bottom of a plank and there's two elephants going up and then two giraffes. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's kind of what happens. I think of. That's, that's pretty much what happens. And then he throws a telephone at someone. <laughs> <laughs> and then mentally controls all the doors in the ship. Yeah. To frustrate aliens. The other movie announcement of the week yep. that's, that's got me a little bit on edge. Mm-hmm. Been a little bit shaky. I don't know if you noticed. but uh, I didn't want to say anything. Disney have come out with a statement. You know I love a Disney movie. We've spoken about how much I love a Disney movie. Brings a tear to the eye. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney is a corporation I'm not a fan of <laughs> because they are one of the most evil corporations on the entire planet. Bam. Many, many years ago when I was playing a bit of music, I was starting a band and I wanted to call my band The Electric Mayhem. Yeah. It's going to be Justin Taylor and The Electric Mayhem because I needed a band name mm-hmm. named after the band in The Muppets, Dr. Teeth and The Electric Mayhem. Yeah. Side, side story, when I was going to do a PhD, I intended at the end of my PhD to change my name to Justin Teeth, just so when I had the PhD, <laughs> I would be Dr. Teeth. <laughs> Looping back to the music story, yep. I emailed Disney because I knew that they'd bought the Muppets properties and the Jim Henson stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, I'm going to call this band The Electric Mayhem. I can't find anywhere where it's trademarked. Just wanted, as a gesture of goodwill, just wanted to check in with you guys. Is that going to be a problem? Yep. Disney basically sent me back an email that said, if you call your band that, we will sue you off the face of the planet. (laughs) I can see why you're mad. Well, then I started to do a lot of investigation about some of the shady shit Disney get up to as a business. Mm. So Disney have come out this week and announced that the Star Wars Expanded Universe, which I've spoken about previously, just scrapping it, (laughs) doesn't exist anymore. It's going to be the movies are canon and anything that Disney does is going to be canon and everything else, the Thrawn trilogy, the Jedi Academy trilogy, your mate, the bloody Jawa Jedi, yep. doesn't exist anymore. He's my fave, It's not man. canon. It's not canon. He built and a lightsaber out of scraps yeah. that he found in his sand crawler. Mm-hmm. I just made that up. You I did. made up his whole story. You did. But, and you, you're free to do that. Yeah. But it's not going to be part of... He levitates Tusken Raiders and they go, ooh, and then he drops them. No doubt. And he's gone. Yeah. Like a sand that's, ninja. That only exists in your mind now because Disney are flicking you a big middle finger, my friends. <laughs> like a weird white gloved middle finger? Probably. With only, yeah, four fingers on it. Yeah. Probably. Weird. And they'll charge you for the privilege and do some fireworks afterwards. So, I mean, the article I read about that was mm. that Disney is trying to ascertain a proper canonical Star canonical. Wars. Yeah. Yep. So, like, at the moment you've got Movies and books and the fucking Wookiee Christmas special and shit. Yeah. And they're tr- and at the moment you have to read everything and go, oh, that probably happened, but maybe it didn't. Yeah. I don't know. And there's comics and all kinds of crap. Mm. And they're trying to iron it all out and basically definitively say, this is the timeline of the Star Wars universe. Yep. This is the bits you can count. The author of the article went on to infer that because they're about to create subsequent films. I didn't write this article. I no, just I put that out there. <laughs> By some kind of JT mailer. (laughs) Uh, Because Disney is about to produce subsequent films, Mm. they will likely get rid of everything after Return of the Jedi because it makes their life easier. Yes. 
Which is a downer. It is a downer. But, and but I see where they're, I, yeah. I see where they're coming from. I knew you were going to take their side. Like I like the idea of lining out fuck. a narrative <laughs> and saying this is what Star Wars is. Yeah. Um, but do we need to? Isn't that one of the things that's kind of cool about Star Wars is there's all this other sort of stuff and some of it maybe even the movies contradict each other a little bit in places. Mm. I, I kind of think that's part of its charm is that and you, if you think about telling a story, and this is maybe, I can't believe I'm going to say something in favour of George Lucas, Bam. but this is maybe one of those things that makes him a good storyteller is the story's not really clear. And you think about stories that have been passed down through generations and word of mouth and that sort of thing, and there are little bits that kind of don't match up. And I really think that that's part of the charm of it is that it's not necessarily, oh, here's the start point, here's the end point, and we agree that this is what happens in the middle it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. It's, well, this part's true from a certain point of view. Indeed. Yeah. So, does it matter what Disney says? If Disney puts out a big leather-bound book that says, this is the, the real Star, Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. For me, there's the Thrawn trilogy. Yep. There's uh, a couple of video games, which mm. are epic level. And there's the um, the new Jedi Order series, yeah. which my brother Kyle like spent years getting me to read, and then I eventually did, and I sort of like kissed him full on the mouth because they were amazing. <laughs> um, like that stuff to me are awesome epic level Star Wars yeah. stories. And if Dis- like if Mickey Mouse personally comes to my house and is like, <laughs> "Nah, man, they just don't happen. That's not the Star Wars that's real." I don't give a shit, man. Like I'll punch his dog in the face. And how come his dog can't talk but Goofy can? What's Goofy? Who even knows? I don't know. I think Goofy's some sort of... Is he a dog? I don't know, man. I always thought he was some sort of crazy sort of wolf-like creature. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Like, those stories matter to me and I don't give a shit. So, there's like... So, why do it in the first place, though? I don't know, because nerds, man. Nerds need this stuff. Because LucasArts or Lucasfilm collaborated with Timothy Zahn on the Thrawn trilogy. Mm. So that's sort of had the blessing of the great neckbeard himself. Yeah. Just, you know what's happening? It's George Lucas all over again. Just fucking leave it alone. Yeah. Stop messing around with it. (laughs) All you're going to do is upset a bunch of geeks like me. It's not going to end well. I'm still going to go see your movies. Yeah. So what do you care? Give me all. I'll I'll give you all my money, and then I'll give it to you again because it's a slightly different disc format. I didn't buy the Blu-rays. And then I hate I, you. I refuse to buy the Blu-rays. Yeah. By the time the DVDs came out, I think I'd. Or, by the time yeah. DVD was invented, I'd bought the Star Wars trilogy like three times. Yeah. And I just drew a line in the sand. I don't own the Star Wars movies anymore. I've got the originals on VHS. Nice. I don't have a VHS player. <laughs> I should go back in time and. Buy all the VHSs. You should. Speaking of going back in time, Segway. Not quite as good a segue as I did last time. Nah, but look, it, it works. I think you're still doing very well. Yeah, well. So time travel rules. It does. All right. And you mentioned I'm a, huge fan. a few weeks ago. We know that you're a time travel nerd. Yeah. And you mentioned a few weeks ago about that movie called About Time, which you. Yeah. Jokingly went, <laughs> I should make that about time travel, and then it was. And then it was. And now you've seen it. Yeah. It's by the guy who did Love Actually, which, which again, loved. I watched. So yeah. many feels. Me and Hitler. Mm, exactly. Not so much. Not sure it. about it. No. Um, I, for the record, I actually don't mind Love Actually as a movie. I just found that particular review yeah. kind of funny. It because intriguing. It's, it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hate-filled. No, not hate-filled. It's snarky. 
It was snarky. It was incredibly snarky. Yeah. I, I dig snarky humor. I heard a really bad Hitler joke today. Tell me. Why did Hitler commit suicide? I don't know. He got the gas bill. Oh, <laughs> that's atrocious. <laughs> it's really bad, man. It was told to me in a professional context as I well. saw a picture today of Hitler in Lederhosen. Like a Photoshop job? No, no. A, a legit photo that Hitler... I suppose it would have happened at some point. Yeah, well, he banned it from being published. Yeah. Because he thought that it, it didn't show him respect. <laughs> no way. It's hilarious. Yeah. He doesn't look like such an evil, monstrous dictator when he's wearing lederhosen. How could you, man? We, well, yeah, which, which brings me to the thought that I've been having in my brain today is if you were going to take over the world, <laughs> you would just put lederhosen on because nobody would think that you were threatening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, that guy says that he wants to kill an entire subset of the community, but he's got but such he's amazing re- party pants on. <laughs> That's right. I reckon he just wants he's, to have a good time. He's wearing hose and he's, he's no threat to anybody. I'll vote for him. And then you launch the missiles. Yep. Special powers all around. I, oh yeah, I dig it. Anyway. Anyway. About time. Shazam. So yeah, big into love actually right now. Yep. Big fan of time travel have from way back. Have you watched love actually again since Christmas? No, I haven't. Okay. Thought cool. about it a lot. Yep. Read a lot of reviews for some reason. And <laughs> found this fault. About Time film, which is the same sort of like Hollywood confection love story, but stars uh, this dude who has no luck with women. And then on his 21st birthday, his dad sits him down and says, oh, FYI, the men in our family have always had the ability to travel through time. Yeah, right. And just really quickly. Which direction do they go in? Can they can they go only go in back in time they can only and they can only travel they, yeah. back into their personal timeline. Okay. So they can only go and visit places they were. So you All can, right. so you can so it's no- a bit butterfly effecty. Yeah, you can go and noodle with your life. Yep. Uh, but you can't <laughs> <laughs> noodle. Sorry. Yep. And you, but you can't. Uh, and the the dad says you like can't a, go back and assassinate JFK. Yeah. So the movie follows basically this guy uses this power to try and get a girlfriend, and which again same as the just calling back to our previous Ant Man discussion. Yeah. Totes, totes what I'd do. Yeah, if you found out at the age of 21 that you had an amazing ability, you'd be oh. like, how can this involve the acquisition of women times, basically? Exactly, yep. Um, I mean, we're all older and wiser now. Um, well, some of us are. <laughs> we're definitely older. Level 30. Like, it's a romantic comedy, and the time yeah. travel stuff is really, like, it's foundational to the story, but... It's kind of secondary to the main theme. Yeah, and there's yep. no... They basically, you go into the cupboard, clench your fists... And you will be able and think about where you want to go, and you go back in time. Okay, and that's it. There's yeah. none of this like, how does it work? It's just established that every dude could do it. It's just really nicely thought out. Like, there's a lot of cool bits of the story that depend on the time travel model that they've chosen, which is you go back in time, and anything you change will affect the future. So you can go back yeah. and change the past. There's one timeline that you can alter, and they, so they do follow you... the rules really well, except for at the very end, which is aggravating. But every time travel movie has one scene where you're like, oh, you've You on. mean every time travel movie has one scene where you go like that? Yeah, exactly. I tend not to notice. Yeah. So does he come out of his timeline or does he run the risk of running into himself? No, he comes and replaces him as a person. Okay. So there's so like sort of one party that he keeps going yep. back to, for example, and he rocks up wearing the clothes. Like he is basically, there's like a household cupboard that he jumps into, closes the door, goes back in time, steps out of the cupboard in the past. Uh, but he always comes out as his sort of contemporary person. Okay, so he goes back to where he was, but with all of the knowledge and whatnot that yeah. he has from the future, uh, but he's still his younger self. Yeah, so is he, is he younger or is he... Uh, well, the actors look- are all the same age okay. and stuff, but you yep. are led to believe... They sort of make them up and stuff. So, yeah, he's going back into his body at that time. Okay. 
but he sort of the crux of the thing is he go he has like an amazing date in like a restaurant where the lights are off and stuff Ooh, and he basically has the perfect sexy. evening where he meets like has the meet cute thing meets a girl they fall in love like it's like love at first sight he gets her number she leaves and it's like i've met the woman of my dreams everything's going to be great mm. Comes home, his roommate's had a problem, so he rewinds time to fix his roommate's problem and inadvertently erases the date oh from time. Dear. So he has to now reverse engineer meeting the girl. He spent a whole night with her that she doesn't remember, and now the half of, a good chunk of the movie is him basically following around, redoing all of their meetings over and over again to try and fall, get her to fall back in love with him. And this is the problem with bros before hoes. <laughs> It's when time it's travel gets involved. This going to it gets incredibly messy. Yeah. And she does. Like, he meets up with her and she's got a boyfriend who he hates. So, he changes it so that they don't end up meeting and he convinces her to hate him. It's wonderful. It's kind of, oh, wow. it's quite, um, like, so it sounds, it's, it's it sounds up there with X-Men in terms of power fantasy. Yeah. Really. It sounds a little bit like a mixture of a whole bunch of movies. It sounds like I've got a little bit of uh, 50 First Dates with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Where she's got the short-term memory loss and there's a little bit of butterfly effect in there and there's, yeah. I would recommend, and it's just really nice, like, even though the time travel is just sort of like, this is how it works. Yep. I like a movie that just gets that out of the way. It doesn't really worry about it. Mm. But it's really well thought out. Like, you know, mild spoilers if you're going to watch it, but this won't spoil the film. Yeah, suck the, it up. But he can travel anywhere along his timeline. Mm. But at a point, he has a child and then changes something before the child is born and comes back and he's got a different child. Oh. And his dad explains to him that once you have a kid, you can't go back and change anything before you have a kid because if you change anything, you slightly change the conception, which means a different sperm gets to a different egg and your baby's different. Right. And they really... Can you not erase the kid? You could erase the kid as well. So that's the thing. They're basically if saying... If you've got some sort of nano... <laughs> some kind of nano sheath. Yeah. They use it as a really effective... Like it's like a sci-fi mechanism to drive an emotional story. Like yeah. uh, you have to protect your children and he basically has to decide. It's like second nature for him to go and like play with his past, but he needs to give that up if he's okay. going to have a child. And they yeah. really exploit that really well. I would highly recommend it even though I like cried like an enormous baby that's half chicken or something just like (laughs) (laughs) that's what i thought of if i was looking down on myself but it was really good okay and i wanted to bring it up because in a previous episode you mentioned (laughs) that you watch primer yeah which we started to talk about because i've spent years saying you need to watch primer because i'm boring (laughs) Uh, and we started to talk about it but then as always you got sidetracked on hating michael bay Now that you mention Michael (laughs) Bay, and I think all we ended up with saying was Prime is a movie that was made for about seven bucks, and it's about two dudes that build a time machine that looks like a box. And I like the acronym. You were like, speaking of a box, Michael (laughs) Bay's head. What a loser! (laughs) Teleprompters. Lol. Primer is. uh, I I haven't watched it again. I need to watch it. It's fiendishly complicated, and I need to. I need to get in the. But the reason that – so you've been, like you said, you've been hassling me to watch this for about three years, I think. Yeah. Uh, if not longer. And I've had people watch it and go, we're not friends anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our friend Rye watched it before me mm. and Rye loved it. I think he's watched it a second time as well. And yeah. And he's still friends. Although, have you heard from him lately? No, I've never heard from him again. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, about that. I've got this letter that he gave me to give you. <laughs> from past me yeah weird i struggled with it because i wanted to approach it in the right frame of mind i knew roughly what the thematic content of it was going to be and it was one of those movies where i'd just keep looking at my movie list and going "Mm, i'm just not quite ready for this i'm just not quite there yet yeah 
Uh, and the other night around the Christmas holidays, I went, bugger it, I'm going to sit and chew through this. I think I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and I was doing quite well with it up until a point yeah. where my entire way of thinking just came completely undone. And I think that's the biggest praise that I can give this movie is in a world where I think movie storylines are relatively simplistic, even, even time travel movies and, and time travel and paradoxes and all of that sort of stuff is a difficult kind of thing to get your head around to begin oh, with. But I think, you know, it, most movies are relatively simplistic and easy to mm. understand. And Primer is one of those time travel movies where it finishes and you sort of go, what did that ju- I, I, uh, um, uh, and I'm not a dumb person. And I, I may give that impression off on this show sometimes. <laughs> I certainly give that impression when I'm at work. But <laughs> I'm a I'm a relatively intelligent guy and I really, really struggled to wrap my brain around this movie and the closest, the thing that helped me get closest to what actually happened was uh, a diagram that's on the wiki, if you go and read the Wikipedia article for Primer, there's a diagram that shows the timeline which is sort of a straight line and then it loops back around itself and comes out mm. on an alternate line. One of the things that it highlights that I didn't pick up is as you come out of the box... Uh, sorry, as you go into the box on the other end, you cease to exist, which I didn't really... There is nowhere for you to go because you're looping back onto yourself. So, yeah, the movie follows these guys. They create a time travel device. Mm. And they do what we'd all do. They go forward in time to project stock prices and then go back and put their money in the stock market and they get rich. Yeah. That's what what pretty much everybody would do. And if you don't think you'd do that, you're a liar. So, stop lying (laughs) to yourself. Stop lying to us because we're just the guys doing the podcast. Exactly. And, and we can't even hear it. you. Yeah. I'm intrigued by it because their sort of device for time travel is the sort of modest device that you could believe actually exists. And yeah. sort of um, broadly and aligns to the, the current thinking in terms of if we could invent time travel, it would probably look something like that. Which, as you say, if you turn the box on at 9am in the morning and leave it running all day and you get into the box eight hours later at 5 p.m., and then you just sit in the box for eight hours. And so every minute you spend in the box is a minute you are travelling in re- like in reverse. Yeah. So it's not like a sort of conventional fictional time travel device where you it's put the date in. Yeah, and you yeah. press the button and you zap there. Like if you want to go eight hours, like it just turns time backwards, mm. but it's not a transport in any way. And then you get out and you get out at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So if you plan it well... And the, I think the reason the movie gets so complicated is because at the beginning you're led to believe that they are doing it really smartly, which is they get in at the end of the day and they get out at the morning and they plan it so they don't cross over. And so there's only ever one of them at one point in a yeah. loop, in a They're stable loop. They're quite clever loop. about it, yeah. Yeah. Um, clever. Clever. But there is a point where the movie sort of breaks open and you realise that at least one of them has been lying to the other one and the audience yeah. And have been using the device in a way that it's not intended, which has created a, a lot more complex timeline shit. Yeah. I think it's one of the reasons, like, I love the film and I understand that other people don't like the film because I get to the end of it and go, I have no idea what's going on. That's very exciting. Let's be honest. And given that most of these people have said to you, we're not friends after making you watch that. Anyone who doesn't like this film is a jerk. <laughs> I just want to put it out there. It is, it is a phenomenal film and despite the fact that there was actually blood coming out of my ears at the end of it as my brain tried to wrap around <laughs> how it all worked, it is a phenomenally 
mm. uh, clever piece of storytelling and the point where the reveal of what's happened sort of comes out is, is where the blood started yeah. basically oozing out of my ear I had no but idea what had happened the first time I watched it. Yeah. And I went in with the understanding that people said, watch this film, you'll not get it. And I was like, well, screw that. I'll definitely get it. Yep. And then at the end was like, I admit defeat into webs. <laughs> so I had the advantage that you'd sort of dropped hints about it and Rye had sort of dropped hints about it. So I was sort of a little bit prepared and I had that same sort of cockiness where I was like, well, no, nah, I've, I've had a few hints. I'm all over this. Yeah. And then the blood started. See, I think I love... So much blood. Like, I like this time travel model because it answers my main gripe with if we'll ever get time travel, which mm. is, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but if we're ever going to invent time travel ever, yep. why haven't we met a time traveller? Yeah. Because they should have come back. If anyone ever comes back. But this model says you can't come back any earlier than when you first turn on the machine. Yes. So whatever day when we say we can travel through time... That's when that's you can. When we'll that's meet the earliest traveler. point you can go back to, yeah. which I like that because it makes the nerdy part of me go, "Oh, maybe we'll have time travel one day." <laughs> um, but I'll still never be able to go back to primary school and say, "You don't have power over me, bully asshole." Yeah, but that's all right. I think I love time travel because it's so complicated. Like I enjoy the puzzle of trying to figure it out. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. There was an episode of Red Dwarf uh, where they get a time machine and they install it in the ship. For the entire show, they're stranded on in the middle of deep space with nowhere to go, and they just go, "Oh, cool! We've got a time machine. Let's set it for 1975, and we'll go meet the bloody, you know, favorite Rolling Stones or whatever." Yeah. And they go, "Bam, zap!" And then they're just exactly where they were, and they're like, "What happened?" And it's like, "Well, it's not a time and space machine. It's 1975, no. but we're still in the in, middle of in nowhere." Middle of space. And yeah. I always found that hilarious because in uh, movies, everything I'd seen before then, it was like Doctor Who, where you're like, "Oh, let's travel in a time machine," mm. but it takes us wherever the story wants us to go. Yeah. And it's always been an evocative example to me about I love a story like that where I can go away afterwards and just pick the hell out of exactly what happened and yeah. why and why not it worked. Are you a time travel? F- I'm obviously quite passionate about it because I, I haven't I'm, paused. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as big a time travel fan as you are. I enjoy a good paradox and the whole idea of well, if I went back and changed this, then I would never need to go back and change this. And mm-hmm. I like stories that focus around that. I'm a huge, and you might mock me for this because it's not probably the most, I don't know, accurate time travel perhaps is the word I'm looking for. I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is. Mm. I'm a massive Back to the Future fan. Oh, Back to the Future rules, man. Amazing trilogy of movies. So super fun. And uh, a friend of mine, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I said, oh, how was your day? And she goes, I saw a DeLorean. <laughs> and I just went, all right. Yeah. Well, that's, so everything that, wins. That's cool. Doc Brown from Back to the Future or uh, Christopher Lloyd in character as Doc Brown rocked up in a DeLorean to CES a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? To do some presentation for Gibson Guitars, which I thought was <laughs> way better than Michael Bay's performance. There's a guy uh, in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne who has a DeLorean that yeah. is done up to look like the DeLorean. If you go to the DeLorean website, and I think it's the DeLorean website, I could be wrong about this. We'll post a link to it in the show notes. If you go to the spare parts list, one of the spare parts is actually flux capacitor. That's incredible. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. Uh, there was a guy on carsales.com.au a while back that had a DeLorean and he wouldn't sell it. And there was no price on it. It was just, I will swap it for another interesting vehicle. With That's interesting incredible. In uh, quotation marks. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really wish that I was not driving a 2002 Holden Astra at the time because <laughs> <laughs> I would have swapped it for a DeLorean. You could have pitched it, man. 
while we're on DeLoreans, let's see, I'm all about DeLoreans. Yeah. This is the only yeah. reason I love Back to the Future. Uh, in the US, there's a program at the moment to convert all the old DeLoreans into solar vehicles. Really? Which is cool. Awesome. Yeah. It's, really it's not quite a Mr. Fusion. No, but it's like it's good. the most sci-fi car there is, the DeLorean, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. While we're on time travel, now you've watched mm. Primer. <laughs> yes. You have to watch Time Crimes. I've got that. Yeah. I, I think because you said to me after you've watched Primer, you need to watch yeah. Time Crimes. I think it's on, my, it's on my movie list. That's my annual one-two punch when I start to go, oh man, I missed the idea of time travel. I haven't mm. been mad at my brain for a while. Yep. I always watch Primer. And then I watch Time Crimes, which I think is Spanish because the real name is Los Cronos Crimos. Yes, that's what it shows up as on the Roku. Yeah. <laughs> and that is another just beautifully simple little bulletproof time travel film. And I think the other reason I like time travel is because it's so much narrative muscles, like flexing. Like you're really looking at just a really overt story construction mechanism. Yeah. So Los Cronos Crimos is about this dude who's sitting in his backyard and he looks out into the woods and a woman's standing there and she sort of awkwardly takes all her clothes off and just stands there. Why is that awkward? And he's looking... Well, she's awkward. He's cool with it. Too cool for it. So he's looking at it through binoculars. His wife leaves. It could be me in the future. It could be. <laughs> he follows her up into the woods. Can't find... And As she, you would. Yeah. Naked woman. She, just fucking follow her into the woods. What could possibly <laughs> exactly. go wrong? There's no crimes to be had here. He follows her up Only there. time crimes. She's unconscious. <laughs> And then there's this noise and he turns around and there's this dude standing behind him with a pair of scissors and like a pink bandage on his face who's Is screaming at him. Pardon? Is he also naked? No, he's not naked. Oh, damn. Uh, there's no Love nudity. Yeah, I know, right? Los nudos cramos. And he gets chased away by this guy and ends up at his neighbor's house and says, mm. you need to hide me because this guy's chasing me as a fucking scissor murderer. Yep. And the guy goes, yeah, hide in this like weird hot tub thing. He hides him in it. <laughs> Is it a hot tub time machine? Kind of. Puts a lid on it. Flash of light brings him out and he wakes up and it's like that morning, basically. Wow. And the rest of the show is him being explained. The guy explains to him that and it's what we were just talking about with the loop. Like he's mm. gone in there now. So he needs to perfectly engineer the day so that he ends up doing the exact same thing to make sure that he gets in the time machine in the evening. Otherwise, the new guy, who's now second guy, yep, because original him is still living the day, yep. So if original him doesn't get in the time machine, now this guy's just a, a copy, like a clone who has no life mm. because original him already lives. So the rest of the movie is him painstakingly trying to engineer what we've seen in the beginning. And is he the guy in the bandana? I don't want to spoil anything. Well, you've already pretty much told me the entire movie. I'm no, not no, watch no. It. That's not. That's like ten minutes into the film, okay. and the guy says, "You need to do this." Uh, and watching him and what happens, epic level. Really good. You have to watch it probably okay. right now. Nah, probably not. Yep. All I'm right. Just saying. I've well, got let's other, meet in the middle. I've got other things on the roster. I understand. The moment. I finished, I or didn't finish. I started watching Black Mirror, which ah, yes. you mentioned to me, I don't know, six months ago, mm. maybe even longer. Wonderful. Uh, so I've watched the, stuff. it's only three episode seasons, which works out quite, I've just gone. We're going to toss the roster aside for a little while. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't caught up on any of the other shows I was watching while I was doing the Breaking mm-hmm. Bad thing for this. So I've just been watching Spectacular Spider-Man and Archer. Nice. As, as card- I've watched no live action stuff yeah. <laughs> since I finished Breaking Bad. <laughs> Cartoons are awesome. Except for the first two episodes of season one of Black Mirror. Yeah. Which I think you described to me at the time as a little bit of a modern day 
technology-infused Twilight Zone that's kind of thing. And I think that's not a bad bad description of it. The first episode, I the scene before the credits where the Prime Minister gets the video. And if, if you haven't seen this show, my recommendation is put it on whatever roster sort of TV <laughs> system that you have. Because surely you have one. Yes. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Uh, and, 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 yeah, go and have a look at it. The first one is sort of very much about social media in today's society and I don't want to talk too much. This is one thing that I don't actually want to spoil because I think it is a little bit more obscure than some of the other stuff we've talked about and I think if people get a chance to go and watch it, it's great. But the whole the Prime Minister gets the ransom for a princess is basically the Prime Minister has to have sex with a pig on national television. <laughs> is probably one of the craziest plot devices I've ever seen yeah. on a TV show. And I think I messaged you at the time just going, just watch the first scene of Black Mirror. What the <laughs> f- is going on here? So I enjoyed that. And the second one is that very sort of post-apocalyptic world kind of situation. What does society look like in 30 years from now? And it had a little bit Mm. of a Running Man flavour to it. Running Man the movie, not the book, which are completely different stories. Indeed. And and I'm enjoying the fact that it doesn't really have a lot of super well-known actors in it Mm. or or anything like that. It's I like that sort of thing because it allows you to focus on the story a lot more and I think it's a good story. So I'm looking forward to watching the last episode of season three and then picking up season the three episodes of season two as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a UK thing. My understanding is the creator there is well known over there, but I've certainly it's all new oh, to okay. me. And yeah. that sort of modern day techno Twilight Zone thing is sort of a I'm sure I've just read that on the internet as a good way of describing it. But I don't dude, take credit for it. No one's gonna know. Well, I invented it. Yeah. Um just like uh, modern maybe, medicine. Maybe you read it on the internet and then phoned yourself in the past. Exactly. To explain it to yourself. And I rang up and said, how far back have I got, past Stefan? You should sew that dress together and make a thing called pants. Did You'll you invent up. pants? I may have. I don't even know. <laughs> Who can say? I might be the white Ving Rames. You're like the white Miss Seely from The Colour Purple. <laughs> You're just sewing pants. I'm not going to accept that as a nickname. <laughs> 